Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. Mark Hinkins. Mark, thank you very much for joining me. Well, thanks for having me, Simon. You're welcome. Right, we're going to jump straight into it. Uh, as I said off air, we're going to go straight into questions. And I've actually chosen one particular question, but I've not asked any other person I've interviewed thus far. So it's especially for you. Um, so I hope you feel honoured by that. I do, very much so. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm hoping the answer to this question is going to be what I, ho- I hope it's going to be. So one stat, okay, what's one stat that estate agents need to listen to and really take in that you might have mentioned on another po- podcast recently? That sounds very much like a leading question. So <laughs> um, the, the, the one stat is surrounding... Um, basically repeat buyers essentially so i think it's something along the lines of 50 percent of people who buy now will move within the next six years move again yep. within the next six years but only one in eight of those like roughly 12 and a half percent go back to the same agent when they come to sell and knowing you've got all that data in your database it's it's kind of really a travesty that they're not going back to the same agent that they that they bought through really and why do you think that is uh, the simple thing is they just agents then become anonymous after the sale. Um, I ask on pretty much every demonstration of, of, of Rex that I do. Um, so at this point, what do you guys do if a buyer is to move into a property today? What's the next stage of communication? And you've got some who will say, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up the phone maybe in a couple of days time, just see how the move went. Or um, we don't do anything or it might be, look, we'll send a card in 12 months time, but We've got nothing in our system or nothing that really kind of regiments and makes us do it. Do it. It's just on a kind of an ad hoc basis if we if, if we feel like it, really. So there's no consistent effort to stay in touch. And it, it, it just goes to show in, in, a, in a couple of years time that that agent, like I said, is anonymous and you'll, you'll go on Google or you'll go for someone who's, who's dropped a flyer recently or you'll, you'll go who's got the biggest shop in the high street and that'll be who you end up selling with and not the one who you probably did have a good experience with when you bought five or six years ago. So it's interesting you said that because I was at a wedding uh, a few months ago and there were two, um, two different couples there who that might sort of my age, early 30s, so they're kind of perhaps coming to be first-time sellers where they've bought a few years ago, thinking of selling. And I said to one of them, because they typically, they're like, oh, Simon, you're the estate agent guy and we're going to chat property to you. And I pretend I'm not interested, but obviously I'm geeking out over it um, and they're wishing I'd, they'd never asked. But one of them said, oh, I've got about five agents coming out to value it or I've had five agents. I was like, what? Why have you got so many? And I was like, is one of them the one you bought through? And she went, I don't know. I was like, what? She, she didn't know. And I've, I've heard the expression before. I think Stephen Brown says it of, you know, buyers going to witness protection. But the language you use that of agents going anonymous. So flip reversing that, not not the buyer, but the agent. I think that's a really, really good, uh, good word to remember um, in terms yeah. of anonymous. Um, and on that point as well, look, of course, with CRMs and, um, and sort of prospecting tools out there, you can automate the process, can't you, in terms of keeping up to date with with completions. But I find it staggering that I've been in my home uh, three years now and I have an anniversary letter every year. So tick, tick for that. That's like kudos to that. But a text, a phone call, an email, I would say, again, phone first. They, they, know, they know who I am. They've got my phone number. My, you know, my property price, according to my thoughts, and if you look at, you know, estimates out there, has risen significantly, like quite a life-changing amount of money. Why are they not ringing me up and saying, do you know how much equity growth you've had? You know, could we go and get you into a, into a bigger property? 
Um, but that question's not being asked. It's just, well, let's just rely on tech to, to send the letters for us and hope something sticks. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, you can, I always look at things as there's, there's certain specific actions that you go through uh, during an estate agency journey. So you've got viewings, you've got valuations, you've got completion, et cetera. Every single one of them should be leveraged as much as they possibly can to help you win future business. So every single time you've got a completion, make sure that you have something scheduled in place where you have certain, certain milestones. So even a simple one, just in a couple of days time, just pick up the phone. How did the move go? Yeah. Can help you with anything else? Or again, phone first, three months time. So you've been in the property three months. Uh, how are you getting on? How are you finding it? Have you got any friends or family who are looking at moving that they could help? And you would not believe how many clients I've spoken with who said, look, we've just started doing that. And the number of additional referral valuations yeah. is incredible. And it's, it doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't take a lot of skill. It doesn't take a lot of effort. It just takes getting it done. Yeah. And it's, it, it's so simple yet so effective. And I, I think back to, to my agency days and I was always pushing for review, review, review at so many different like opportunities and I'd like you said, ring after a few days of completion. And I, I get some agents who I think go, oh, well, what if there's an issue? I don't want them to then moan at me. And it's like, well, actually, you might be able to solve that because they go, oh, the boiler's a bloody nuisance. Or I don't know where the stopcock is. Or, you know, I don't know what happens here or what happens here. And so that's right. I'll ring the previous owner. And then again, you'll ring, let's say that owner has gone and bought through another estate agent and you're the one ringing up going, how's everything going? They're like, wow, I didn't even buy through them. I bought for another agent. I haven't heard from them. And I think that's a key one as well. So what I tried to say uh, when I was um, in estate agency was you get a buyer buy through you. Great. You can then put them on a journey. That sounds really like cliche, but put them on a journey where you stay in contact with them because arguably 50% are going to sell in six, seven years time. But I try and say to a lot of estate agents, what about the sellers who've trusted you once and they go buy through another estate agent locally? I said, what do you do with them? And I can see this blank expression on their face and they go, actually that that property 100 smith street that they bought through mark that's not in my crm so actually they just go into the abyss so i'm like you need to go right 100 smith street mark is the owner you've got all his details and then put it one year forward and make sure you ring them up and say hey how's everything going yeah arguably um every property that is in a specific chain uh that you're dealing with you've probably got the buyer's details, who the new buyer is. You've probably got the seller, who the seller is at that point, where they're moving to, who they moved with. Um, it's a whole list of properties, maybe six or seven in, in, a, in a fairly average chain where you've got the buyer details. It doesn't just have to be the person who's bought from you or sold from you who's getting a bit of content, content. If they are based locally, they are your potential target market in the next four or five years' time. Leverage that data. Absolutely. Um, the other stat I wanted to um, to pick up on, and I can't remember the exact stat, but you mentioned about the really, really high percentage of people in an estate agent's database that hadn't been contacted more than six months. What, what was that figure? Yeah, I, I love a stat. It's 91% of uh, the average database or the average estate agent database has not been contacted in the last six months. And if you look at the, the average number of contacts in your database, that's a huge proportion who are probably on the verge of looking at selling and uh, talking to other, talking to your competitors at the moment and put a figure on that over 12 months. How much business are you, are you losing out on? Yeah, I, the, when I heard, um, so I'll set the scene. When I heard that stat on the podcast, I was waiting for my McDonald's outside our office in London. Uh, listening to your episode with Mark I'm a guy of health clearly and uh, I was just like 
I've probably swore under my breath and people probably looked at me like, why is he swearing? Um, but I just couldn't believe the stat when agents say every day, I need more listings, I need more listings. And I'll get ones who will jump on a session with me and they'll go, right, I want to go send out some, some letters. I'm like, but, but hang on a minute, you you had 10 responses to those other campaigns. What's going on with them? Oh, yeah, but they're not ready. It's like, yeah, but and this is a great line. Um, when I interviewed uh, Perry for, for the podcast yesterday, he said, progress the clients. It's like, don't harass them, don't leave them, progress them. So again, it might be that you look at Mark and you go, ah, oh, interesting, one on his street's just gone on. I said a million on his, but actually it's gone at 1.1. Hi, Mark, just to let you know this one's gone at 1.1. I'll keep you updated. I'll keep an eye on the portal to see what goes on there. And I'll be like, oh, wow, it's not even on with him, but he's given me an update. So, yeah, I think it's powerful to stay in contact with the database. For, for everyone listening as well, it's going to be a bit of cliche and, and sort of stealing of other people's lines here. But um, I think Sam says it actually, that our database is our future, not our past. And we're so guilty of just, you know, archiving it. I hate the archive button on, on, a, on a CRM. So many agents I work with just go archive thinking someone's a waste of time. Um, but and then also using language established clients. They're not past clients, they're established. And again, going back to them, ring them once a year, happy anniversary, uh, ring them on their birthdays. You've got that data. And then they're going to say something Mark, like, oh, what's the market doing, Simon? And you're like, oh, here we go. Here's the conversation. So no, I, I was, I, I'm glad I asked that question and, that you <laughs> said, and said that you're a stat man. I'm stealing that established um, clients line as well. I need to change some wording in my in my next demo. We're we're very we're very big on language at Home Search, and and Sam is massively. And uh, I think my language has changed a lot over the last two and a half years. I thought my language was okay before, but when you use established, it's like actually no, they are repeat business referrers, recommend uh, recommendations, raving fans. They'll do business again. I actually know that. In my, I think it was in 2019, my last full year in agency, I don't have a stat in front of me, but um, it was probably 15% of my sellers were repeat clients. They could have been a tenant before, a landlord, a seller, a buyer. And actually, they paid a significant amount more on my average fee because they didn't, they didn't query it. They're like, well, we've experienced your service and results before. That's fine. And they probably felt bad that they didn't pay enough last time because I'd like to think I went above and beyond. So yeah, you've got those established clients. They've used you before. They know what you're worth. Hang on to them. You yeah. use them a lot. Is Before we move on to the next question, you said you love your stats. Is there any other stats you've got floating <laughs> around sure in that brain? If there's anything that floats to mind, but I will interject at some point if I, if I can think of anything really that would... Oh, yeah, actually, this is one I've brought into demonstrations recently. We found 83% of buyers who get an alert about a listing through their CRM will get will open it up on their mobile so okay you have everything that you do in content that you're sending out to buyers has to mo be mobile first so if you are sending out a pdf version of your print brochure where they've got to go onto an iphone and zoom in yeah it's not a great user experience immediately for that buyer but if they're getting sent content that is mobile first with calls to action that will take them through to your your uh, instagram page will take them through to the sneak peek on your on your facebook or just a simple button that calls the agent directly, the, the user experience and the, the, the capturing of the lead or the, the call to action is significantly better. And plugging Rex a little bit is something that we have. <laughs> Plug. Um, that's where we'll, we'll, we'll get like a, an advert appearing. Um, but on that stat, it's really interesting because um, when I speak to agents on training calls, um, 
just trying to think how I do it. So I right click on the screen, I press inspect and I can turn my screen into looking like a mobile phone. The amount of agents websites are gone. I'm like, look at your website. I'm like, does that look mobile friendly? And like, oh my God. And it's like, well, when was the last time you checked your website on a mobile? And they're like, I don't. And it's like, yeah. you, 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 I think we're guilty, whether it's in reps, home search or estate agency land, we're so guilty of being the scientists, but actually you need to be the subject. So I actually look at it from the, the consumer's point of view. Um, and on that point as well, I see probably, I reckon two thirds of estate agents don't have Facebook pixels on their website. Now I'm no digital marketing expert, but I've got a Chrome extension that shows me when estate agents have a Facebook pixel uh, on their website. And I'll say to an agent, so you're trying to drive traffic to your website. You haven't really got any relevant call to actions. And then you're actually not tracking anyone on there. So they come to your website, they go, cool. And then they go to someone else's website and probably do business with them. So that's no, really interesting. The other thing on the stat as well, when you said about the 83% opening up on a mobile device, I don't know if the stat is still um, relevant now, if it's still the same, but I used to always quote on, on appraisals that 70% of um, right move traffic was for a mobile device or a tablet. Um, so I used to kind of say to people, um, it was a bit of a plug really to win the listing um, and, and increase my fee. But I'd say to them on a mobile device, if you look at a typical listing on right move, it, it will just have the, the one shot or as if it's a premium listing on a mobile it will have the three images beneath it as well and i'd say to someone that two million pound properties that says so which one are you clicking on and they go well obviously the one with more images on it it catches my arm like interesting well the other agent are they including that have they spoken about that in their campaign they're like i don't know i was like okay well that's why we're we're higher percentage so again it's showing that that value difference uh, benefits as, as well as features so I like that stat I've written that down I'm going to steal that <laughs> and pretend it was my own and never release this podcast um, <laughs> right next question um, apart from this of course uh, what is one podcast you think state agents should be listening to to gain motivation inspiration it doesn't have to it can be inside this industry it can be outside this industry but what's something you listen to that that gets you um, motivated so I'd obviously go with the obvious and go for for Sam and Mark's World Class Agency podcast. Yeah, something that has really, really, um, res, uh, really kind of worked for me. I, I found as, as as a as a really interesting podcast is is Eddie Hearn's podcast on. Um, I can't remember what the title of it is, but it's around sort of being relentless in everything that you do, and there's there's been a a bit of a with, with how the industry's been over the last couple of years, there's maybe been a little bit of a, a laziness in that everything's kind of happening fairly, fairly easily. And the, the best agents have been consistent and relentless with the prospects that they've been doing over that period of time. So it's not just when you get to a peak that you drop off with everything that you do that got you there. Yeah. You are consistent with X amount of phone calls that you're making a day, X amount of connects, um, those, those, those rough KPIs. I know it's kind of a bit of a buzzword and, and not everyone's the fan of the KPI, but actually hitting significant hitting performance targets that you have as a bare minimum that, that ensure consistency. And that, that phrase uh, being relentless and um, having guests on there who have strived for their entire career to get to the absolute peak basically through relentlessness and going across a journey. I think a lot of the stories that are told within that really kind of are, are translatable to the, to the agency world as well. 
I'll have to give that a listen. I've, I've not uh, listened to Eddie Hearn's podcast, but I've listened to him on uh, other podcasts. I've always thought he he comes across brilliantly. I love his kind of mindset on it. Um, I think when he says, you know, he was, um, was it Barry Hearn's son? And it's like, you know, he's the sort of Barry Hearn, the, the East End, you know, boy done good. And it's like Eddie's born with a silver spoon in his hand. He's gone to private school and whatnot. He's like, well, actually that's really made him work even harder because he's like, I've got to go, I've got to surpass my father because I've got so much to live up to. And I think it's hard, hard shoes to, to fill when, when, you know, for example, Casper Schmeichel, Peter Schmeichel's son, going and winning the Premier League. Yet people always go, oh, you're, you're Peter Schmeichel's son. And I loved his episode, I think, on High Performance when he, he publicly said, I'm going to win the Premier League one day. And I think it was at Notts County in League 2 at the time. And he'd be like, yeah, good one. But he did go and do it, to be fair. So that's a, that's a good podcast. Right. One person people should be following, again, inside, outside the industry, but you think adds a lot of value. <laughs> Other than myself, um, I would, anyone who's, anyone who's listening to this should be following you already. But um, you, thank you. there's, there's some, there's, uh, I, I said actually to, to Sam and Mark for us on their podcast a few weeks ago, I said to, said to Mark that there was some insight I got from you on, a po- on the podcast that you'd been on a couple of weeks before, which I immediately wrote, rewrote about, three whole pages of the script of my general demonstration because it made me be able to be like this is something that you can put into action that is based on what you can actually do through our CRM I don't think you can maybe do in in, in most of the others so um if, if if anyone's listening to this without already following you on there um I'd say it would be really important to do so um other than that big fan of the Australian trainer um I'd I'd say to make sure that you're following Josh Vegan yeah 100% as well it's it's quite an obvious one but but that's that's probably who I'd do it I think you you say it's an obvious one I think it it is but also but there is actually um agents who probably listen to this who actually haven't gone outside this industry or this country um and they'll go Eddie Hearn podcast okay cool I listen to that or Josh Vegan never heard of him like um I absolutely love receiving Josh Vegan's uh daily email I've said that on another podcast, agents need to subscribe to it. I R&D so much of that, but he, he makes a hell of a lot of sense. Um, just going back to a point you made, I mean, I make it up as I go along, to be fair. So what did I say on that podcast that you liked? Because I so, can't remember. I, th- I think you called it like prospecting chain or something. And it was, you, you and I, I highlighted a little bit earlier on the, demonstra- on the demonstration. I'll find the exact wording for it and I'll send you the message later. But um, it was essentially, you do certain things every single day as an estate agent. You go on viewings, go on valuations. There is a great opportunity when you're out of the office, when you've got 10 minutes to be making sure that every time you go somewhere, you are knocking three doors or you're dropping five leaflets or you're in between back-to-back viewings, you are picking up the phone and having two conversations. It's about, and I highlighted a little bit of completions and making sure that you are... um, having a journey that a journey that the buyer yeah. goes on later and the seller goes on later but it's prospecting doesn't have to be you sat at your desk getting letters that you're ready to print off and send out and just spend an hour on that maybe every two weeks there is an opportunity to prospect off the back of yeah. every single thing that you do in a state agency so you're going around doing evaluation oh great what other doors can we knock on in that street um who have we sold to in that street before yeah. that we maybe have a conversation with and say, hey, someone's looking to come to the market. I've done my research and found that it's likely that your property's gone up X amount in value. And this is what's been sold recently since you sold. 
does this change the position that you're in? Do you know how much equity you've now got in your, your property? It's so it, it's stuff that's so simple, doesn't take a lot of effort, doesn't take a lot of um, skill or, or, or work, but it, it's logical to go off the back of what, you, what, what you're doing anyway. And that sort of consistency and relentlessness is, is I think what is gonna separate those who are the top 1% and start yeah. to grow that gap even further. I love that. So, so logistical, um, consistent, relentless. I think consistency comes up in every single episode uh, of a podcast. And on your point that you just said there about leveraging every opportunity, I've remembered now um, uh, on that. So to give you uh, an example, I was walking the dogs uh, last night and I said to my girlfriend, walk past the house and there's a skip on the drive. And I said, if I was an estate agent, something's going through that door, literally with compliments slip, I'd have it in my pocket and I'd say, hey, Simon here from Home Search Day and just know she's doing some work know what it's worth when you're done because how many times do people do work then move but so many estate agents would walk past that house and not even realize there was a skip there so it's it's seeking those opportunities and yeah on the point of any ma you go out on a viewing meeting a surveyor with keys handing keys over on completion like whatever it is yeah and i love what you said actually of prospecting doesn't need to be you know sending out a load of letters or bashing the phones from your desk which can be painful uh, for some agents you can get out there in your marketplace yes you've got to prepare for it so for example I was on a training call yesterday and uh, the agent had sold a property 500 550,000 and I love probing into it and finding out the story behind it and I was like where did this lead come from and they said well actually we were dealing with a buyer out of hours and I said but hang on a minute you're a high street agent you close at six o'clock don't you and they're like oh no we did it you know really late on and they really appreciated it and they had a house to sell. So they, they invited us around and said, cool. I was on right move, had a look at the listing, went on to history. I said, but hang on a minute. That was on the market two years ago. And they went, oh, yeah, the other agent failed to sell it. And you could see them going, oh, no. Like, why have I not been screaming from the rooftops? Not in an arrogant way, but why is it not on social media? Why is it not in letterboxes of neighbours saying another agent did not achieve a sale on this? We did. And basically, when you looked at their marketing this guy took some phenomenal photos. I actually said to him, I was like, seriously, did you take these photos? Because they were very, very good, like professional level. And I said to him, if you get those two photos of the previous agent and two of your photos, put them on a postcard or a letter. And, you know, you could have jokingly, um, it might be a bit too close to the bone, but say uh, all agents are the same dot, 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 and then have a before and after and put that through people's doors. Now we went a bit further and I literally stopped after 30 seconds. But I said to them, there's two properties on that street. One is for sale. One is under offer. They were on the market previously. Yeah. Between the time this, per this agent had sold that house a few months ago, those two properties had come back to market. I said, when you'd agreed the sale, if you'd gone and door knocked them or sent a letter to them saying, we just sold a property that someone else failed to sell, we noticed you tried before. And they're like, oh, my God. Like, there's, there's, it, I was like, it was there in front of you. And that was just 30 seconds looking at two properties. There's much more we could have looked at. Um, so, yeah, for everyone listening, like any viewing you go and do, I used to have it where a viewing would cancel and you probably swear till you're blue in the face. And you think, can't believe it didn't turn up. They confirmed it this morning. You sit in your car, you flip through social media, being there, done that, got a T-shirt. Actually, maybe have a list and go, right, well, actually, that's given me 15 minutes back. I'm just going to go put something through those doors example so um i think that's a good example again of um learning and actually implementing as well um because there's there's so many people who, who listen to podcasts 
read books myself included and don't actually take action on them as well so right next question for you um i'm interested to hear what you're going to say on this you're opening an estate agency tomorrow okay you've got a blank check money is no object what's the first thing you're doing to get listings money if money is blank check <laughs> if money's no object you got a blank check first thing you'd be doing to get listings i'd still like regardless of money i think you'd look at low-hanging fruit so low-hanging fruit would be anyone who's on the market at the moment who hasn't who's who's been on the market for longer than eight weeks or something something like that and yeah. uh, i'd go and i'd say look i'm going to sell it for i'm going to sell it for free just i've got a blank check at the end of the day i'm going to sell it for free i'm going to show you how good i am but you have to promise me that if i sell the property and this other agent hasn't that we need to use this as a as a case study of everything. We use all our marketing off the back of this one opportunity, and we start to leverage from there. Um, I would ensure that I'm sort of carving out a niche as well, so not just a spray and pray to absolutely everyone in in the local area. I'm going to niche myself at whether that's properties over a million pounds, whether that's yeah. properties in a specific area that are all semi-detached of a specific design in a specific town and make sure I'm the expert and every single person in that area is going to know that I'm the expert on those properties and all my marketing is going to be leveraged off that. Um, that's probably what I would go with to start with, I think. I think that's absolutely gold. And a couple of things you said there of like finding your niche and then also targeting the ones that are on the market with someone else. That was kind of my niche. I was known as the agent who sold things that other agents failed to sell. Because again, it's it's it there's some simple stuff out there. Like I'd look at someone's listing and I'd I'd knock on their door, I'd send them a letter and I'd say, like, there's no leaves on your trees. Like that photo was taken in January, it's still a Christmas tree in your living room. Like, why is the agent not screaming at you to to get some new photos? Or it's like there's no floor plan and you're like, it's 20 well it was 2019 it's time it's 2019 now it's not floor plans necessarily it's video tours virtual tours and it's like why have you not got the these things for example so i absolutely love that and uh, i was listening to an american podcast can't remember which one um a few months ago and i might be wrong in saying this and i might have heard it a bit weirdly but i don't think they say the word niche it's like niche and they were like um niches get you your riches or something like that and it really stuck with me because they, they basically again america australia really like double down don't they on a niche like right we're going to sell bungalows we're going to sell million pound plus uh yeah. we're going to sell only apartments and do that and they really niche whereas i think there's a lot of agents who try and be everything to everyone and end up being nothing to nobody uh i look back at the area i used to cover and yeah. classic pareto law 80 percent of my results came from 20 percent of my area so i really leveraged and doubled down on that and there were other areas where yeah if i got some sales great but I was like, I'm known as perhaps the the expert in this market. Great, let's go do it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Cool. Right. Okay. Um, got two more questions for you. Uh, penultimate question. Um, I say it's pretty much on every podcast. You probably know over my uh, shoulder, apart from the amazing Liverpool memorabilia. Um, there's some quotes on the wall. You won't be able to, to, to read them, but I'm a big fan of quotes. So is there a, uh, a quote that, that resonates with you that you'd like to share? With the listeners you know what i'd i'd say i'd have said done is done is better than perfect but um i feel that you um you've used that one so i'm gonna add some additional value to, to things. Cool. okay so um i think the one the one i quite like is that um it's it's along the lines 
it's a Michael Jordan one, and okay. it's around. He had three hundred times in his career where he was trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. Um, and the the only reason that he was able to be in that position was that he. Simon, can we cut this one and start that bit again, if that's all right? No, go on, you're fine. Start again. <laughs> fine. Go on. Cool. Um, Dumbbeat, Dumbbeat's perfect. <laughs> Dumbbeat's perfect, yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's along the lines of that he, he'd been trusted to be in that position and had failed, but failing over and over again is what made him succeed. So you go out and you knock doors and it doesn't go well. You go out and do make phone calls, cold calls, et cetera, and it doesn't go well. The, the the more that you fail, the closer you are to succeeding. Um, I can't remember the exact quote, but that's essentially the, the meaning behind it. And it's not, it, there's, there's a tendency to get put off if something doesn't work first time, second time, and just cast it aside and say it doesn't work. It happens in prop tech. It happens in every facet of life. But actually put the effort in, um, iterate on what you're doing, get better, do it more and more and more, and you will succeed. Love that. Um, if um, for anyone listening who hasn't already watched it, I'd strongly recommend watching Save the Last Dance uh, on Netflix. I rewatched it again recently, having listened to I can't remember the gentleman's name. I think his surname was Hoffman, who was like uh, Michael Jordan's trainer, and uh, he said on a podcast, it must have been with Stephen Bartlett or High Performance, and he said that he would go around when they'd play away from um, Chicago. He would go around before the game. At looking at the basketball court and he's bouncing the ball and he'd say to Michael Jordan right that corner there the ball doesn't bounce quite as high and you're like what like that is utterly ridiculous you see Michael Jordan like just slam dunking getting loads of three pointers and you think oh it's just natural talent but actually you got someone saying to him literally that bit there it's a bit lower well the home team are going to know that because they play week in week out so he knows it bounces a bit lower great okay well I know that my hands need to be a bit lower and I'm like this is just like madness so um, yeah, and on that as well, I had an agent who's uh, just secured a, a 50, 50-ish thousand pound fee. Um, and the way in which they've done it was they sent a, a hundred very, very personalised letters. I'm talking they've paid three pounds to Lamreg to find out the owner's name. They've recorded a video, said, hi, market, Simon from Home Search, estate agents here. No two properties on the market, da, 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 da. 99 people have not come to market with him. One person has. Now, for those 99 people that said, no, that's £500 every single no. So I said to him, look at it that way. Like, you've, you've got £500 from someone not bringing you up. He's like, I like looking at it that way. Um, cool. Right. Last question. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Uh, best piece of advice? It's... In a, in a sales environment, yeah, to make sure you close at every at every opportunity, basically. So it doesn't have to be the full-on close asking for business, but the trial closes along the way and it's transformed everything I do um, in, in, in a sales environment. Um, so that's something I've had fairly recently in the last sort of two years or so. And uh, it's 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 helped me accelerate significantly um so i think that's that's something that's really really important advice wise um other than that it would be 
along the lines of kind of what I said around the quote, it is to, to persevere at what you do. Um, if something doesn't happen first time, um, just practice, just try and get it, just get, essentially get it done. Um, it, it doesn't have to be perfect, um, but it's important to just to do and try, I'd say. Love that. Brilliant. Mark, I think that's a great place to end the podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining. Really appreciate your time. And yeah, thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me, Simon. Really enjoyed it. Appreciate Cheers, it. Mark.